Hi everyone and welcome back to Wes Builder Theatre. This is episode 10. We are 10 episodes old and what a lovely place to be. It is not only the 10th episode, it is also a special. We are talking about the Euros. I know there's not too many theatre people that are into football. That might be an assumption on my end, but I don't see many of them knocking at my door. But we do have a football lover on today, and we're going to talk about football and theatre together. It's a Your Theatre episode, and this is John Tomlinson's Theatre, and he's a producer at Sheffield Theatres, which is a collection of theatres. Is that right? It is indeed. Um, It's the world-famous Crucible Theatre, which I'm sure lots of people know of uh, as being a brilliant theatre, but also the, the the host venue for the World Snooker Championships, and it's the Lyceum Theatre, and it's the Studio Theatre. So three of the most wonderful theatres under one, one, one team. And in a lovely northern town. Is it a town or a city, Sheffield? City, city, absolutely a city. Does it have a cathedral? It does, it does. It's a wonderful city. I will visit. I will. I will visit again soon. I only know it for good Cascale. It's very good for Cascale. There is that. There is that indeed as well. <laughs> so, if you want to talk about anything in this episode, or if you want to come on a your theatre episode yourself, you can get us at Wes Builds on Twitter and Instagram. You can get us at Wes Builds a Theatre at Gmail dot com if you want to drop us an email. And there's always the Wes Builds a Theatre Facebook page. So, John Tomlinson. <laughs> Thank you. What what is the what is the mission statement behind your theatre? The mission is to bring art and sports together for everyone. Okay, so the, so the ultimate goal is is to kind of blend the two. There's obviously, I, I, do you agree with me on this? That there seems to be sometimes a bit of division. You kind of get arts people and sports people. I, I don't see many of me and you around because we like both. But I, I find it hard to have a conversation about sport with with a lot of theatre people. Would you say think, that's true? I, I think that's I think that's very true. Um, and I think I think at the heart of both of those are really key things that they both they both share in terms of drama, in terms of well being, and the way that rehearsals happen, and the way that training happens. That it's it's such a similar pattern and formation of things that happen in both um, that actually they don't speak to each other necessarily as well as they might. And therefore, I think there's a real opportunity to bring them together in my theatre, which we're going to talk about, um, to do that. So DCMS, which is the Department for uh, Culture, Media and Sport, when you kind of look at how different the arts are compared to um, sport, the comparisons are often about grassroots arts projects to the Premier mm. League. Now, that's that's a, that's a silly comparison. You, 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 you should compare the West End with the Premier League and then you yeah. can compare community projects with grassroots football. But we don't get into that nuance because actually people don't necessarily understand it from a different perspective. So that's what I'd really love to to um, bust the myths and bring them together. So do you want to tell me about the architecture of your theatre? And then we'll really dive into this. Why do people think they're so different and uh, and what, um, um, and how they're, they're actually so similar? I'm really interested. So wh- where is it? What is your theatre looking like? Well, shall I tell you where in terms of geography it is to start? Um, oh, go for it. So I, I thought long and hard about this and I kind of went full circle back to where um, I was born and raised, which is uh, Ghoul uh, in East Yorkshire. So sort of not not too too far uh, between sort of Doncaster and Hull um, and uh, kind of equidistant to, to Leeds as well. It's in it's in the middle of lots of brilliant places. What's it called? Ghoul? Ghoul, G-O-O-L-E. OK. Lovely yeah, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a small, small town. It's the uh, the UK's furthest inland port. You'd be pleased to know as well. Really? On the, what river is that on the end of? The river ooze so when you when you look at hull on a map and you kind of just go right inward that's where you'll find gold 
um, mm. and it has lots of brilliant things, including an excellent art centre and an excellent leisure centre. And some of my thinking is about combining the two so that they quite literally speak to each other and they're run in similar ways to help to develop people's um, understanding of how you can be between those two things and either and both is absolutely um places for people to to grow develop and, and, to, and to get careers that's really interesting there's not too many northern towns anyway like towns so i'm originally from chorley with art centers so that's fascinating do you want to mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about the the the, the ghoul art center before i will yeah for, for, for sure and um I guess I'm, I'm looking at this from a, a slightly different lens because I, I grew up there, but I had, hadn't had the opportunity to sort of work or be part of the, uh, the junction in Ghoul uh, very much because that kind of replaced the theatre that, uh, that I grew up in when I was a kid. But so obviously when I kind of moved and went, went on to uni, then um, junction really kind of kicked on um, and is a, yeah, an arts, an arts centre, does some lots of brilliant community work and is a cinema uh, and lots of different things. Um, so that's, that's what it is. And it's right in the, right in the middle of, this, of the town. Um, across from a, a wonderful cafe that you, you have to go and check out if you ever get to Ghoul. And um, yeah, just, just to the right of it, Greg's just in front of it, boys, you know, what's not to love? That's where the art centre is placed in Ghoul. So your theatre mm -hmm. is going to bring the art centre and mm -hmm. the kind of sport, sports club, was it? Yeah, the, the sort of leisure centre, essentially. Leisure yeah. centre together. Yeah. How, are we, mm -hmm. how are we doing that? What's it looking like? That's it. So basically, so next to... Um, Geographically, next to uh, Junction, the Arc Centre now is um, what was Ghoul, Ghoul Market. And um, that has gone through its own kind of uh, recent history of events, as you can imagine. And, you know, without getting too political, has, has uh, some real challenges on its hands right now. Uh, so what could happen quite nicely um, is that you could bring the sporting kind of arena from, from around the corner or some of that particularly and combine it quite literally upon the same place as, as Junction. So in kind of one bigger area, you've got what can be a really interesting kind of market space for people to, to work with, but you've also got kind of sports, indoor sports activities as part of the whole um, picture of what can be um, essentially kind of inviting participation and activity from, from the people of Ghouls. Okay, so I'm trying to imagine this now. So you've got the market, mm -hmm. And then is it like a new building you're building on it with sports in or is that just attached to the leisure center is the leisure center all, the sports all all attached so yeah so basically what, what it looks like now is imagine you kind of looking at it from the cafe so we're on the cafe side we're looking at the art center you've got junction yeah. to the in, to the left with all the brilliant things that they have and the theaters work and cinema there and then ghoul market in the middle and then you've got other activities more of a kind of i guess foyer space between the two and then yeah. at the other side of that you would then think about the leisure center which is currently geographically elsewhere a, a, you know, okay. a few minutes away you would think about combining those things together so it's kind of one giant hub right in the heart of the town i thought you were like in absolute perfection then i thought they were like next to each other with a market in the middle and you were literally metaphorically and literally bridging the gap but what you're yeah. going to do <laughs> would have been brilliant so but what you're going to do is you're going to bring kind of like that leisure center over so that'll yeah. get built next to it that's that it is fascinating why, why do you think this is a, a good idea is it because you think the the people from the sports center will be more likely to walk through the building and go to the art center or is it that you think um so like my theater is going to have uh football pitches outside it to kind of mm -hmm. be a draw to bring people closer to the theater what's what's your reasoning behind it or is it like multiple reasons i think there's i think there's multiple reasons but i, I definitely started with um, there's an opportunity there for people who are 
interested and excited about different hobbies to be in the same place and see both things happening. So actually, how how amazing would it be if um, if you had an opportunity where people can go and do that participation activity for a couple of hours, but then in the same place, you know, just to kind of a couple of doors down, they could go and do something very, very different. So it can there's a, there's a change over an audience in terms of participation. I'm not necessarily kind of going into the big commercial land of, um, you know, converting all people who play five aside into, you know, theater, <laughs> theater buying tickets at 45 quid a pop, but just that really interesting um, variation and mix of people in, in that place um, to say, I am active, I am active in this town. I want to be involved in arts and culture. I want to be involved in sports and leisure. And this is the place where I can do some, all, or parts of, of any of these things in the same place. Interesting. I mean, with my box office heading, I'm already like, we could use the box office system to book people into swim lessons. And then you could then take that data that they have and send them emails about whatever shows are going on with like money off to go and see shows to try and get them to start in the art center. That's my, uh, that's my box office. That's it. No, you, 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 you bang on. Though. And I would need a, a brilliant box office team. And you know, <laughs> you, you, you would be part of that formation. Now, you know, I love uh, formations, which we'll come on to, but, but I think that there's the, there's the opportunity, I think for, um, for artists and for um, professionals as well in, in both sides of those um, areas is that how, how interesting would it be if there was a facility, there was leisure facilities for artists to, to use so that actually when there is that creative moment where you've got a little block or you just want to break from the kind of uh, the studio for an hour, well, actually kind of on site in this really lovely place, but still has a real soul of the town. You can go and play ping pong, ping pong for a bit, or you can go and play basketball, or you can go and play football. Or actually, if you're, um, you know, kind of looking at your physical condition, actually, there's a leisure centre there with, with swimming facilities. So exactly that. It kind mm. of it works for, for people as audiences, but it works for professionals and participants as well so we've got this really holistic view of okay as an industry how can we um how can we make it easier better how can we look after people better well press nights are great and that's all good and i wouldn't want to necessarily change that but actually if people were interested maybe there's a a a more a more kind of holistic view on actually we do encourage people to have their their well-being at the front of their of their thoughts when they arrive in Gould to Mm. kind of be be with us for four weeks get swimming, get active, get involved in all these things that our community are already part of, because it might just surprise you. And actually you might, you might learn, but it might be, it might be good for you as well. There's a, there's a whole well-being running through the middle of this as well, which is um, a big part of what I wanted to create. Okay. And by that, are you saying like you've got, you know, arts can offer one form of well-being. Uh, like we, we've talked on some of the episodes about how, this uh, evidence behind mental health benefits, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But then the other side, you've got this whole kind of physical health benefit as well. Com- completely that. And I think both arts and sports can do can do both. Um, that There's a combination always when when you're participating and when you're active in something, you will feel better. Uh, you will work with people. You'll collaborate. You'll feel energized. All those things physically and mentally will you'll be you'll be better off because of those things. Yeah, I, I wonder if you get like, you know, you get like a, a meal in a, a, you know, a meal in a show at some theatres. Imagine a swim, in a swim in a show. Why not? A matinee. Yeah, Why not? How lovely would that be? Yeah, if you go to swim club and then next thing you know, you kind of, yeah, get, get yourself sat in the theatre to cool down, to, to dry off. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a director, so he's, he's moved more into art now. Uh, he does a lot of, I forgot what he calls it now, photo choreography or something like that. It's mm. called Benji Reed. Yeah, yeah, um, he's great. He's great. Yeah, and I've heard he 
gets his cast so like a, I had to do some really physical exercise like he tries mm. to get them up to like a four or five mile run before they even start rehearsal to wake them up so for directors like that it'd be really interesting what kind of more proper physical activities you can do rather than running around on a stage which quite often happens in the theater yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that that's that's completely it because i guess you know all, all those things when you have other resources at your helm you might change actually how you would do it so if if there was that um that gym to kind of make sure that people were up and ready then then it's there for you it's, it's absolutely there for you if people need a, a longer break because there's a there's a lot of text that they have to understand or work on great have two hours off and go and do what you might need to do get in the get in the jacuzzi look after yourself for a couple of hours however you can best facilitate people's enjoyment but also physical condition great interesting right so convince me of this grand connection that you're saying that sport and theater have <laughs> the it, grand connection tell, so, tell me tell me what we're saying where, where think, are these big similarities i think the, the big similarities okay so so let's imagine and, and well it wouldn't take a lot for us to imagine because i think the the experience as an audience member or as a fan um interesting um distinction there between the two but it's, it's a very very similar activity in terms of your most likely to go with someone who you care about or love to a football match so you might go with your your dad you might go with your sibling you might go with a friend and you probably do the similar sort of thing with going to the theater and it might well be two acts or it would be two halves and there's a half-time break or interval and all of the thing is built around drama and it's built around me not knowing what to expect next so all the things that, that i go through in terms of the the things that I'm about to see and witness and experience is be I love that because I, I don't know what's going to happen, which is the thrill of it, which is why I love both things. It's a very similar experience. So there's there's that element. And I think just in terms of the the opposite sort of um, effect in terms of the the professionals, so the people who are on stage, the people who are making um, all of those things happen, again, quite similar mentality about how those things come together. It's about rehearsals or training. It's about physical peakness and, and mental peakness and kind of really rehearsing the way that you can best perform in front of that audience whether it be a football crowd or whether it be a theater and, and crowd until it until it becomes natural to you as well because the whole idea of football is it'll just happen and then that's yeah. what you want to get to that state of stage where you almost if it's a character based thing anyway you, you're the character you just act as the character and that's the thing absolutely and i think yeah. you know most most professional footballers and, and other sports people would say that they absolutely have to become something else um, out there when they're when their adrenaline's cooking and when they're just in, in in the heat of it they become some something else because they have to but it's all it's all characterization exactly that it's exactly what you learn um when you're doing drama at school um to be able to think about yourself differently um and to go out there and and, and compete or to or to perform mm, it's making me think a little bit about the recent uh, spurs documentary or tottenham hotspur <laughs> if you're not mm -hmm. a sports fan uh, which is a london team from Tottenham, believe it or not. Um, and they they had a, a show on Amazon Prime where basically the team was followed around for a year. Not the best year for them, but it was a year. Sadly not, sadly not. Uh, and a, a famous manager called The Special One, or Jose Mourinho, was in charge of the team. And it was interesting that he talked about this mentality that they had to become on the pitch the bad guy. There were like a whole set of people in this room that were all very good people, but it was like good people can't win in this game you need to become bad. And there's an idea of that characterization too there as well, which is quite mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. And, and I think that the other thing in terms of uh, participation in, in arts and sports is 
and, and I've seen this work really well. There was a, um, a project that York Theatre Royal and uh, York City Knights, which is a rugby league club, were, were developing, which is about the kind of community and outreach work that's happening is about inspiring a, a group of young people or um, a group of people in the community to, to invest their time in, in sport or art. And actually, in terms of the way they were set up, it would be a model of two or three really brilliant experts in an area. They would go into a school or a community group. They would deliver a workshop to encourage people to take part. And it was a, exactly the same kind of method. So there was an interesting kind of thought to go, okay, well, actually, maybe we could just look about this a slightly different way and go, if we were to combine this, maybe there's an interesting way to go, well, some of these skills that you're learning might absolutely fit more purposefully towards rugby or football. But actually, all of it will help you in your careers or your your life as a young person to develop all those things together. So I think there's something interesting about learning from each other as industries to know where the specialism is and the expertise. But actually, we're trying to do really quite similar things. And I don't necessarily know if we've we've connected the two yet. Yeah. So like the transferable skills, as you would say, are the same. You've still got mm -hmm. that teamwork. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, they talk about in football, actually, creativity a lot, like a creative player. Mm -hmm. Right. Actually, this is an interesting one. Okay. So in football, like you've got your creative players, but mm -hmm. then you've got like, so then there's also players called, and I'm going to over, I hope the listeners aren't being patronized. <laughs> I'm going to over explain sports terms, much like I over explain a lot theater terms. <laughs> so then you've got your engines, right? And your engines yeah. are like your, they're usually like a center defensive midfielder, which is someone that kind of uh, does a lot, a bit of going forwards, but also sits at the back, but they're not quite a defender. And they do a lot of running around and a lot of taking the ball off people or a centre mid. So that's a centre midfielder. That's a midfielder that plays in the centre of the pitch. Now, yeah. they're called engines. Mm -hmm. Who are the engines of the theatre? Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a producer, so I'm always going to back uh, yes. that discipline, right? <laughs> so I think I, I think when we kind of get into formations, what you probably want is you want the you want the flair players, the the, the number nines and the and the attacking players as the artistic directors and the, and the creators and, and the auteurs of the world. And then you have to have a producer, a chief exec, a finance director, um, and, a, and a kind of, you know, a defense to, to allow those conditions to be, to be uh, best. Cause I think a lot of my job as a producer is very much thinking about the conditions that we, that we have to, to play with for the artistic team, the creative players, as it were, to, to be their best. If, you know, if, if we were to go right into the, the um, the football analogy, you know, N'Golo Kante, who plays for Chelsea, is you know should is always first on the team sheet because they are so important in terms of going forward to kind of push the artistic team to do mm -hmm. their best work, but also needs to step back to just make sure that things are looked after in terms of resources and their staff um, yeah. to make sure you know contracts are done and everything's kind of watertight. That's yeah. what you have to just do. Just to just to explain N'Golo Kante a little bit more, <laughs> this is a footballer that runs that much that he actually doesn't take a car into training. He runs to and home from training on top of all his training every day. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. <laughs> crazy. He is an engine. Okay. That's, right, so that's interesting about laying them into positions. So this is my big question now, right? Mm -hmm. So you said that there's all these similarities. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm getting it. You know, I'm getting the idea that the grassroots is the same. There's transferable skills. You get people on, you know, in early on and you kind of like inspire them. There's a lot of this kind of social change and social movement that can happen through sports. And it can also happen 
through theatre. In fact, even uh, like people at the top of the game in theatre are, are quite keen to make social change a lot of the time, especially more in the live art world mm-hmm. or going that way. And that's, you know, you could tie that in with Marcus Rashford at the moment with food banks and everything. Yeah. Right. With all that said there, and we can, you know, we can kick about metaphors all day long. <laughs> and then that well, analogies, sorry, not metaphors. We can do that. Why do you think fundamentally there's a split between the two why if there's so much in common do they seem so far apart class so you're saying that ultimately the theater is a middle class and upper class thing and then football comes from a working class background yeah and and i think there's um yeah there's loads more to it than that of course there is Uh, of course there is but there are a lot, you know, lots of amazing people in the in, in the in the theatre industry, and I'm I'm very proud to be part of it and to work with some some people who were from very different backgrounds. Um, but I think very sweeping statement. There is a lot more to do in terms of um, people's connections to theatre because of what they see out front and in the media is um, is, is more often than not um, a, a white middle class man telling them exactly how things are getting done, um, which is is hard to get away from. And now. The opposing argument there might be, well, actually, what is seen in terms of the Premier League is something quite similar. Um, but I yeah. think, um, I think, in terms of supporters or audiences or fans or whatever you want to call them, I think there is a distinction as well. So I think, yeah, just to what... say, there's um, for, for listeners, there's a lot of talk at the moment about how with the Premier League prices have gone up for tickets, and uh, like basically working class fans or fans on a lower income can't go to the actual games anymore or every week because it's become too expensive and they've effectively been priced out of their own sport. Yeah, that's exact that's exactly it. And and, and that is that is a real challenge. I think the the difference between um the, 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 the two in terms of kind of finances and about how that can can roll is that the Premier League are absolutely just out there in terms of money. It's, it's a ridiculous thing that happens there. But what they are obliged to do to even take part in the in the game in the Premier League is to put money down to the, the bottom of the grassroots. So actually, some of the money that does get earned in the Premier League, not all of it, of course, because there's lots of greedy people in that, as you would expect. But they do when they are obliged to work in communities, they are obliged to work and pass down money and resources that they have to other people to ensure that people that are growing and developing. Ultimately, they want to see see them play for their team at the end of it of course they do but actually it's it's, it's bigger than that it's wider than that they they do that to for the spirit of the game actually which is a really key thing i think um and it's about it's about that that i think as an industry in the arts i think we can do more more with there's a real opportunity i think to do more in terms of that that full loop that full circle between the top and how you can support other people to kind of be encouraged to, to play and and think really widely about how encouraging anyone to participate or go to the theatre actually helps us all. It helps us all because if you get into the the rhythm, if you get into the habit, it helps the whole thing to thrive. Whereas at the moment, we might be a little more territorial than, than we might need to be, in yeah. my opinion. In my opinion. But are you overall saying that it seems people are more genuous in getting youngins as it would be into sport and for theatres it can quite often and it's sweeping statement uh but across the sector as a whole be like an add-on thing and not something that's like absolutely needed because obviously you have like smaller clubs so like they had a 
I think it was called Exton Villa near me. Uh, <laughs> and that was like a little football club, but that was literally all about your young team. You know, you're like, you're under under 10s or whatever. And then, oh no, it was under, I think it was 13s and unders. And, and then you have your, like, your 20s and stuff. And that is literally all around grassroots football. It's like, an act, it's a place that's just grassroots. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a theatre, apart from maybe the one I'm at, <laughs> but that just shows as well uh, mm-hmm. that's literally focused at just grassroots and maybe there should be more of them or would, would a grassroots just a grassroots theatre I mean you, you've got like a few theatre schools and stuff but they're quite hard to get into but mm-hmm. do you think we need something that's just grassroots stuff just to play around would that, yeah, well, would that I, help I, more people get into theatre yeah I mean I guess you, you kind of touched on a really 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 key point there is that actually from the starting point you know young person um, who could go into either of these things and is, you know, potentially good at both of them, let's say. Um, but actually, what what might be the kind of first things that, that get, um, the first kind of barriers, or what, for want of a better phrase, because I, I hate that phrase, but what kind of opportunities can they go and, go and grasp um, without huge expense? So actually, I think we probably know, and having kind of gone through it, there were opportunities that, that I I and, you know, other pe- other young people simply could not do, because when you get to a certain level of experience and you kind of want to go and, and really kind of craft it and make it into something you want to do forever drama school gets thrown upon you and then suddenly you go well well obviously i can't obviously i can't do that because i mean who's, who's mm. gonna who's gonna pay for that how that's a that's a ridiculous thing to say like how but if i'm if i'm good in other things if i'm good at, at sport then actually you know whilst academies have got challenges as well of course but you don't have to pay to be there you're absolutely welcome mm. if you're if you're good enough and if you've got the right attitude to be part of it you can play, you can do it. And if you're good, you probably make it through the ranks and then make a career out of it. Whereas what happens in the arts industry, and again, this is this is systematic, there's lots to it, is that when you get to a certain point, for most people, there is that kind of must to go and train and, oh, but before you do, we're going to need this money because mm-hmm. we have all the resources that are going to help you to, to go to the next level. That's a really key difference at a really key yeah age for people because yeah 15 16 year old who is good at both might have that that condition kind of put put upon them yeah and i wonder if so you know there's always people that get involved in a drama project or something at school Mm -hmm. and then leave it and i think there's an interesting thing with that because i think sometimes with we're talking about grassroots arts you work towards a project Mm -hmm. and then your project gets done and then it's almost considered over for a bit and you have a breather whereas In football, you play in the back alley or whatever, you have a kick around with your mates, you have a match, but it's like you're just thinking about your next match then. Yeah. I want another yeah. match. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because it ultimately, if you are doing theatre to then put it on a stage, there's only a finite amount of, you know, if you're, you could say that theatre could be anywhere, but if you're just coming into theatre, I think a lot of the time you are thinking about a stage and you want it on a stage, mm-hmm. there's only a finite amount of stages to stick things on. If you want lighting and stuff, or if you want to sell some seats. I mean, this is another thing. If someone's putting on a show, they want someone to watch. No one's bothered about that in Sunday League Soccer, are they? They're not like, where's the audiences? Exactly. So there are a few there are a few differences and things that maybe mm. they could learn from each other. But like, yeah. would you ever, though, would you ever turn around <laughs> to a 13-year-old and say, look, we're doing an arts project. It's going to end up on a stage. Uh, but you, you probably won't get an audience, but just do it anyway. Would that, would that ever work in the arts? Yeah. Do you I, need I, an audience? I don't. I Yeah. Bigger, bigger 
conversation for another podcast probably but and there's, <laughs> there's definitely lots of other um more interesting people to answer that question but but what, but but what I, we want to look at there that is what i'm saying is what we want to look at there mm. is how do we think there's an interesting way though there that that idea of having this multiplex art center slash leisure mm. center could fill that gap because yeah. you know there might it might be a thing that there's like a, a you know you have your swimming lesson or that there's footy going on here and then it's like oh by the way you know there's an arts project going on here with a load of kids and they're going to come and watch your football match and in return they want you to go and watch their show and then immediately you've got a cultural switch yeah. over there if someone's initially interested in sport and someone's initially interested in theater but at the same time they're also learning each other's practices which i think is a very interesting exchange that could happen that your theater. yeah and and I, I think in you know you kind of look look through the, the the ways of learning. You look at sort of you know look at schools and you look at um, universities even as well. Actually, you you have the opportunity to go and be involved in all those different things, and they're they're kind of in and part of the same institution. Um, it it kind of maybe feels like at that point it then becomes a real choice between that path and the, and and a different path because they're they're split in terms of what they mm. where they are what they offer. Um, so yeah, I. I, I'm sort of yeah. just, yeah, musing that that would be an interesting thing because it it does work in those settings um, with with schools and colleges uh, to be involved in in both. Yeah, I think the mission of your theatre as well would be to make theatre more casual, like a drop in. Because you've just made mm -hmm. me think as well, you know, it's normal for someone to go off and you know, let's say there's someone that gets a job, uh, you know, they go to university and stuff, they're doing sport there and then they become an accountant or whatever and then when they become an accountant they'll still carry on doing a bit of five aside on the side mm -hmm. now i feel like there seems to be a thing that amdram's a bigger take on mm. as well so i wonder if there's something by taking the learnings from sport you could take to theater and make that more casual so you could like go around and just like mess around in like some kind of drama lesson something like that and that become a normal thing to do i mean that's another interesting thing that your theater could yeah no I, th I think you're right yeah like just a yeah five-a-side theater club you know it could be absolutely that that it's it's there purely at six six or seven o'clock at, at night every night of the week and you can just go and um you do something you create something and you share it at the end of the night as the kind of yeah. little thing and but it's consistent and it's whoever turns up is welcome and you present and you kind of go through it like that but it's very much built on um whoever is there is, is the right group of people to do that thing that night yeah and, 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 and then on you go yeah and as we were saying before about this idea that you know sunday league they're not bothered if they have an audience actually loads of people are put off by having big audiences mm. so maybe more people would like to embody a character for a short yeah. amount of time and mess around with some people that they know mm -hmm. rather than it ended up in front of people. I think, yeah, yeah I, I think, yeah, right, I'm getting there. I was getting originally, there. <laughs> I was originally skeptical. I was like, he's come here with That's his right. grand, right. he's come here with his <laughs> grand thing because it was a very good point about the Premier League being compared to like all stuff and like Premier League's really like the West End. But yeah, you know what? I'm coming round to this style of thing. Okay, great, great. I, like I need, to, I, need to, I need to do some more to convince you though. I think I'm, I'm still still getting that. I'm, I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing the kind of uh, formation by the way. Um, that I've thought about just as we were talking in terms of that that producer role, which is you know probably the number six sort of central midfielder, Luka Modric type player. Um, right. You know you, you would expect them to be cultured and you'd expect them to know their way around. Um, and then you know to your left you've got the comms team who are you know similar kind of at the, at the heart of what you're doing and the box office and sales team. 
and you've got your finance director all playing in a kind of you know central roles across the <laughs> middle of the park and then production team is in the 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 line they're the kind of you know the the the, the face of it all doing the doing the real graph in terms of the stage and making it look wonderful so they're there the across the across the um the defense and then supporting the artistic director or the artistic director team you would have as wingers so let's call you know kind of ronaldo type uh, winger as the um, the team of associates so it might be a, an associate director or um or things like that but also in the other side of it you've got a learning and community team um, absolutely feeding the artistic team the artistic director to make sure that they absolutely just put home the um the easy wins um, and absolutely <laughs> uh, do all those things and that yeah building a team like that just means that ultimately if you kind of always kind of aiming for the artistic vision you're always going to be going closer to the net and and that's the that's the thing you have to just work together to make sure that it all it all, all ticks and um and, and you and you put them in to, to be successful so i think the challenge from today is rather than a lot of fear to people ignoring sport or thinking it's completely different you've convinced me that they are closer than i even ever imagined and i still even with my theater was seeing it as like a a siloed thing that I had to physically move some five-a-side pitches close to my theatre and then it would kind of like get people in but really what I should be doing as well and what I think I've learned from this episode for my theatre is there's a lot of the workings especially at grassroots level the theatre really should take on from sport in terms of the way that sport is something that you consistently work on it's a skill that you consistently work on through life whereas theater you kind of learn through cycles and that might that might be a bad thing sport you can do just with you and your mate privately theater always seems like a revealing matter and maybe there should be some form of private theater that you can do i think that's something that's really interesting so i think yeah i think i've taken some things back to my uh back to my theater of dreams here I feel like you've got some more points to make before you go. I've got the what the other kind of starting point from this is that when yeah, I, I'm very lucky to, to to work at Sheffield Theatres, which is which is the best theatre in the world, um, particularly the Crucible Theatre, and it's the best theatre in the world, but it's also a, the the host of a world sporting event, so it can yes. it can it can do these two things, which is why I know that some of this thinking is abs- has convinced me that these things can coexist. Is that one day at the Crucible Theatre in, in April, so April just um just this this year you can go and watch um watch a snooker snooker match and you can see the precision of how such small balls are knocked around a game they're they're knocked around um and you can see the very very preciseness of how how detailed that has to be but you can see that there's a thousand people watching that and you know every shot and you know when it's going to hit when it's going to go in and you know when it's when it's going to going to rattle the the pocket so a theatre that can do that, that can make you focus in that tightly to see that kind of precision. But then the next week you come back and there's the most wonderful piece of theatre that can happen in there to see the kind of epicness of the stage. That actually mm. theatres and places like that can can do both. And I think there's there's real opportunities for us as an or, for organisations and, and, and this this industry right now to connect to things outside of our normal spheres and I'm a football fan, so it definitely helps. But I do think there's real opportunities for us to learn from the way that 
um, participation and the way that audiences and fans connect to sports in a very different way because they are so passionate about what they believe in that they will still go and pay money to go and see their team even if they're playing yeah. badly. And that's what you want to kind of create that atmosphere where people feel like it's absolutely their club. If we if we get if we get that or more of that in the arts, I think that's I think that's a really great thing. Yeah. I think I'm getting you, you know. I'm convinced by this. <laughs> Thank you. I, I love it. I love it. And I like the way that you've placed it all, especially in your hometown as well, taking it back home. Yeah, has to be. To to the furthest inland port in the UK. In the UK. I love that. I absolutely love that. <laughs> well, I think as, as, the other thing I would add to that is that I think theatre is part of the whole thing, but it's not necessarily the whole thing that I'm trying to create. Yeah. It, it's, it, it goes across the community. It goes across the space. And theatre is is the tool that can build people's skills and confidence and creativity, but it might not necessarily always be the output. It might not be the art form we're talking about in as theatre, but it, it's definitely the tool, which I really firmly believe in. Yeah, and just before you disappear, can you talk about what you did for the World Cup uh, at your theatre? <laughs> the, the real scenario of what happened in 2018, you mean? Yes. Yeah, okay, great. So... Um, 2018 uh, World Cup obviously was in Russia. I was working at York Theatre Royal at the time and a really good group of um, people working there. And um, it happened that things were in rehearsal, so there was nothing in, on stage in the studio. So we, we changed the studio theatre for uh, a short period while there was a bit of uh, time whilst maintenance was going on into what essentially was uh, just a load of people watching uh, watching the World Cup in there. So kind of game after game, England games were were presented at York Theatre Royal in the studio, which was fantastic. This was very much led and supported by Tom Bird, who is the exec director there. So he just joined uh, and, and is a massive football fan. And you managed to go to that World Cup, didn't you? And then what happened after that, uh, kind of fast forward, was, um, again, very, very lucky with things and um, got the opportunity to get a ticket for the World Cup final, which, as anyone who loves football knows that that's a that's in a once in a lifetime and absolutely just could not say no to it. i've got quite an addictive personality i think so i i kind of get um get stuck in the idea of doing something a bit wacky and i was like this is it this is my time i'm going to go to the world cup final so i got a ticket um to go to the final on my own so i i, I traveled uh, i got three flights uh from manchester i think i changed in lisbon and somewhere else on the way there three flights on the way there got to Russia, got to Moscow, um, was there for a total of five hours, six hours, I think I was in, in Moscow for, of which two hours was watching the match, watch France lift the World Cup. It should have been England in the final playing against them, but sadly it wasn't. <laughs> Croatia beat us to it in the semis. And then I had to go straight back to the airport and then get three flights to get back to Leeds for an Arts Council meeting at 10am in Leeds. Uh, with a, a group of people from kind of across the Yorkshire NPOs. So I made it just just in time um, and, uh, yeah, was, was very happy that, that I made it there and gave a couple of people a souvenir from the World Cup final that had just happened sort of <laughs> 10 hours before or 12 hours before, I think. And there is a gauntlet thrown down by this episode. Can you <laughs> create a piece of theatre or have a theatre that is that important that someone would get free flights to ultimately go somewhere for two hours <laughs> and then run home for a meeting. If that is possible, you've got to the level of where sport is at in engagement. And if it's not possible, we've got a lot to learn. And just to say, I really love that the fact that you opened a theatre to fans uh, to watch to watch sport within the theatre. Yeah. Did you get many people that weren't necessarily going to the theatre 
anyway or yeah you know what it, it was really great actually we i think we kind of just set up on it almost as a let's just do this let's just see how it works and and people really got on board with it i think they could you know the team at york theater all really understood the passion of the people that that, that cared about these particular games um so it, it created a real unison between the staff and then invited people from the the, the young company and the community company uh, to be involved in it and there was quizzes and you know all, all that kind of behavior that was going on but i think if if nothing else it kind of created that real bond between us because yeah people remember where they watched that particular game because you never know what moment's going to happen i mean most of the time it's it's pretty average football we know that it just it just is <laughs> it just, just kind of it drifts by and the better team win but there might be that one moment where you 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 look back and go oh where where were you when Eric Dyer scored that penalty against Colombia. And I will know that for the rest of my life. I'll know that I was with my colleagues in a theatre watching it. And we just had a quiz beforehand. And I remember exactly that because we were we were there together. And I think that's a, that's a really special thing, whether it's in, in the arts or whether it's in, in sport, to have those moments together. Yeah. And once again, another thing that chimes between theatre and sport, because I'm a firm believer that 80% of theatre is rubbish. And you're living for that 20% where you have that special moment in that room and everything comes together. Uh, yeah, I think it's a really good idea to get all your young company and your staff together to watch sport together and watch something that's not just theatre. It's just something that, you know, there's something really bonding about sport that I think they say happens in theatre, but as I said, they've got a lot to learn. Um, so this has been your Euro special. Uh, just before we go, if England don't win, who's going to win? John? I've got I've got Belgium in the sweepstake, and that is uh, where my mum was born and raised. So I'm going to go with the motherland. I think I, I think Belgium will win it. I think it's their time. Right, you're not just saying that to be edgy. No, I think Belgium will win it. Lovely. Well, I'm going to go with France, but in my uh, wistful world, I actually think I would like. And my second team's going to be Scotland. I think they've yeah. got a lovely team around mm -hmm. them at the moment. Um, and I think they're, they're very robust and they're just going to go for it. So this has been your Euro special. So anyone that has gone past this and they'll never hear it. But if you've got over this because it's like, oh, that's a sports episode. How much you have missed out on is unbelievable. We've got a lot to learn from sport. And you know what? There might be some bits that sport will be able to pick up from us. Uh, this has been John Tomlinson's Your Theatre episode. It's been absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, if you've got anything that you want to talk to me about, you can get me at Wes Builds on Twitter and Instagram, Wes Builds a Theatre Facebook page, and Wes Builds a Theatre at gmail.com. It's been absolutely wonderful. Thanks for coming down. Thanks for having me. What a legend. Thanks. Drop. <laughs>